Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 365th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from the past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is attending last night's New England Patriots' sixth Super Bowl banner raising at Gillette Stadium. And I have been to every one, and last night's was the best. It was easily the most energized crowd I can recall for a banner raising, uh, probably tied with the first one back in 2002 against, interestingly, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that's the night they opened Gillette Stadium. And it was a great presentation. Uh, they had former players like Drew Bledsoe holding the first five trophies, and then to top it off, they had recently retired, still hard to kind of say that, Rob Gronkowski, Gronk, spike it uh, to top it off, and it was just, and then fireworks, and of course, the actual banner unveiling, uh, there's six in a row now at the end zone end of the stadium, and uh and the way they have it set up, there's room for two more um, in that exact space. Of course, then the Patriots smoked the Steelers, looking every bit like the Super Bowl favorites uh, that they now are. Uh, Tom Brady continued his mastery over the Steelers as he is now 6-0, and undefeated, at home, against the Steelers. And... This, of course, leads right into my bizarre story of the week, which is uh, obviously and a consensus of Antonio Brown having a week like no other, uh, shooting his way out of Oakland the second time he's done that in eight months. He shot his way out of the Steelers at the end of last season, we all remember, and uh, it's just a crazy world, uh, the AB's world. but business is booming for him. Uh, you know, he woke up Saturday morning, a member of the Raiders, and went to bed Saturday night, a member of the Patriots. And it was just an incredible week, uh, capped off by an incredible day, Saturday, for him. Um, and it's arguably the craziest off-field week by any player in 
NFL history, which is, as we all know, is now 100 years old. And uh, a lot of people were saying he was going to get uh, signed by the Patriots. But after all the antics, I had reached the conclusion when I heard around noon on Saturday that the Raiders had released him. I just thought it was too much and that the Patriots would not sign him. So a few hours later, I was stunned and happened to be an event with a lot of Pennsylvania people uh, who were equally stunned given his history with the Steelers and the fact the Steelers and the Patriots were playing last night. So to say it was the uh, talk of the town, talk of the event here in Boston with a bunch of Pennsylvania people here was uh, would be an understatement. And it's just been a saga. There's no reason for me to recount it. Uh, he's had literally the football world mesmerized here during the past week with his antics out there in Oakland and, uh, and his reaction to being released. I'm sure you've all seen the video running around in his backyard, uh, flapping his arms like free as a bird. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just classic stuff. And Tom Brady has offered to Antonio Brown to live with him and his family uh, a mere 20 minutes from where I'm speaking right now, 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, but also in the others, in a different direction, 20 minutes from where Tom Brady lives. So we'll see if he takes him up on that offer. And just getting to the game again last night, uh, you know, the thought now, the reality, of course, he didn't play or couldn't suit up last night because he wasn't signed by 4 p.m. on Saturday. And But watching Josh Gordon last night, uh, he's a beast. He looked like a linebacker out there. And on that touchdown uh, pass and catch, he, uh, he ran like a linebacker to get in the end zone. And so all of New England is salivating at the prospect of uh, Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown, not to mention Julian Edelman, uh, as the receiving core for the greatest ever, Tom Brady. It's just incredible. Uh, the rich get richer, as we know. But really, the take-home last night, as good as that offense looked and Josh Gordon and all that, uh, was the defense. Uh, they now have gone three straight games without allowing a point in the first half. Uh, let's not forget uh, that would include the epic win over the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Of course, the win, the win over the Rams in the Super Bowl, and then last night. Uh, so the defense looks like a championship defense, and that's where it just gets scary. The team last night that looked so dominant, and suddenly, uh, you know, you're going to add Antonio Brown into the mix starting today. Uh, is just incredible. And, of course, uh, Antonio Brown will be in uniform this coming Sunday against the Dolphins, who lost 59 to 10, I think. <laughs> not, that that, not that what they scored matters. And, um, and, yeah, so going down to Miami, their house of horrors, with Antonio Brown back. He grew up in Miami. In his hometown for his first for his debut with the Patriots uh, could be great theater, but oh, again that defense! Oh my gosh, they they just look incredible. Uh, which leads into my low light of the week. Given the defense and everything going on last night, 
which was Mike Tomlin down 20 to nothing in the third quarter. They finally get down to the one-yard line, and they kicked a field goal rather than going for it from the one-yard line. And in my mind, they basically surrendered the game right then and there. And, of course, the Patriots scored. Next, I think it was the 58-yard touchdown pass to Philip Dorsett. And suddenly, it's rather than, you know, 20-7, to and who knows how the Steelers react if they score a touchdown there. Instead, before you knew it, it was 27-3, to and... And the route was on, and it was really actually quite disappointing uh, in that it was a non-competitive game. I mean, you know, the Steelers and and Patriots getting together is uh, something to get excited about, especially in the opening game of the year on a banner-raising night. And yet, lo and behold, uh, even Al Michaels and... Chris Collingsworth on Sunday Night Football were just filling time, you know, uh, and they started filling time after uh, Mike Tomlin took the field goal over going for it from the one. Uh, they really needed to make the statement, so uh, so it just led to, again, the game getting out of hand, and basically it was boring, which is not what anybody was looking for uh, out of that game last night by any stretch of the imagination. So... Uh, other highlights from yesterday, I mentioned it already, Lamar Jackson was on fire, leading the Ravens to the 59-10 win over the Dolphins, who, by the way, are coached by Brian Flores, defensive coordinator from of the Patriots last year, speaking of their defense, and, uh, of course, Belichick and the Patriots. We'll be facing Brian Flores this Sunday at 1 a.m., 1 p.m. in Eastern in uh, in AB's debut as a Patriot. So, again, that should just be great theater. But hats off to Lamar Jackson. That was an incredible performance. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs got it going yesterday. I think he threw for 300 yards over the, in the first half. Incredible. And, uh, and they, of course, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, who used to have a pretty good defense uh, and thought that might return this year, but it certainly didn't return yesterday down in Jacksonville. And, uh, you know, among the lowlights, you just have to start with uh, with the Browns, uh, the most hyped team of the offseason. And it was a pretty good game for a while. And then, the Titans just literally ran away with it and just rung them up. And the game was at home. Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions. Um, not the start that anyone was looking for. Baker Mayfield was defiant uh, in his post-game press conference. And, uh, and again, uh, really uh, very, very... Disappointing and a true lay light was the Browns, uh, you know, performance yesterday at home. And the Jets, you know, Le'Veon Bell, uh, speaking of former Steelers like KB, uh, he had a good game, came up big in his debut with the Jets. I think it was his first game in some outrageous number of days, hundred, many hundreds of days. And uh, yet the Jets, who basically led throughout the game, uh, gave it away at the end and lost at home to the Buffalo Bills. 
So, uh, so there has to be serious consternation down there in, in Jetland, uh, that's for sure. So, uh, it's good to have football back in full on all fronts now. Uh, yesterday was the first NFL Sunday, and it's on finally, the way we all love it. Great to watch Red Zone again yesterday before heading out to uh, Gillette Stadium for the game and got there early. And again, what an atmosphere. Tons of Steelers fans, as always. Steeler Nation well represented. And just a, a banner evening by any and every standard. And the weather was just absolutely spectacular. Perfect football weather. So now let's take our break. Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. 
And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm doing fine. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And uh, it's a great time, A.P. Football is now 100% fully back on all fronts, NFL NCAA, college football, uh, and football season is now officially on, and uh, I spent the first segment talking about NFL and being at Gillette Stadium last night for the banner night, and it was indeed a banner night, but you also uh, had a great weekend as well, and uh, covering... Uh, another dynasty, uh, which of course is Alabama football, and uh, they had yet another big day on Saturday, right? Yeah, they sure did. Played New Mexico State, the Aggies, for the very first time visiting from the the West, and Alabama squeaked by John, sixty-two to ten. <laughs> it was a close one, but I'm sure yeah, uh, <laughs> close one in, in the warmups. In the warmups, it was <laughs> close in the warmups. Well said. Um, so yeah, well, first home game of the year in Tuscaloosa. I'm sure the crowd was great despite the, uh, you know, despite the lopsided victory. Uh, how was it? I'm sure it was a lot of fun, right? Yeah, it was very hot and Alabama continued to impress with their passing game. Jerry Judy, I think had eight receptions, another hundred yard game. I think that was his seventh in his career and wow. to a tongue of had, uh, three touchdowns, if I recall, and he was accurate and precise, and you know, I mean, he's he's well on his way to visiting New York again for the Heisman. I think if he continues with this form, and uh, but Alabama, they kind of struggled with the running game again early. But they had the first play of the game, John, with 75 yards. He threw a, a pass in the flat behind the line of scrimmage to um, Henry Ruggs the third, and Henry took it 75 yards. So it was documented as a run because the, the pass went behind him. So, and then they had another 74-yard run by a freshman, Keelan Robinson, out of um, a Catholic school in Washington, D.C. So that was about 150 yards in those two plays. They ended up with 300, just a little bit over 300 yards rushing. So it, uh, it looks like a good number, but 150 yards was just two plays. So, That's incredible. But, uh, Alabama, you know, they'll, they'll get that offensive line working properly for the run in the coming weeks, I believe. Pass blocking, they seem to be pretty good right now. But uh, Alabama, just it's just a warm-up for them, and they'll be visiting South Carolina for the 3.30 uh, Eastern time game on CBS. And, of course, South Carolina came alive with that new quarterback from California freshman. He had to replace Jake Finley. Right, right. And Carolina, South Carolina lost to North Carolina and Mac Brown, right? The first week, it was really disappointing. I had a couple of people on my uh, radio show, and they said it was really extremely embarrassing to lose to North Carolina. I'm sure. I'm sure. And that yielded, of course, the now famous Mac Brown post-game dance in the locker room. And uh, I, I guess <laughs> dance, if you want to call it that, but... He's, you know, very emotional, of course, and that should be great. You know, AP, I was, uh, you know, I was in Columbia for the first time ever, uh, a little over a year ago, May a year ago, and 
really liked the city and drove right by the stadium, which looks like a big time setting. So uh, they'll be fired up, yeah. no question about it. Yeah, the the real uh, loyal fans. I mean, they always don't have the best team, but they have tremendous support, and they're loud. Uh, Mark Ingram, uh, he mentioned when they visited South Carolina in 2010, that was an upset game where uh, Gar- Stephen Garcia played the game of his life. He said that was the loudest stadium he'd ever played in at that time. I believe it. I believe it. Of course, they... Uh you know, when they were, when Steve Spurrier was their coach and, you know, he brought their program back into national prominence. And, uh, and of course they had Jadavian Clowney and, uh, and the great running back who was hurt. What was his name? He was just fabulous. Oh, number, number, yeah. Number 21. Oh my goodness. And that name right now, I can't remember. He was, he was tremendous. He was like the number one high school player in the country. That's what I remember. He was was a good ball player. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, they, yeah, two years in a row, South Carolina and Spurrier landed the two top high school players in the country, Jadavian Clowney and the running back. And uh, you know, he was headed for great things, and then just had a horrific knee injury. And he did play, I think, for the Forty ers for a bit. Um, right, but you know, the the injury basically, you know, ended his career for all intents and purposes of the career that everybody was expecting. Uh, well, AP, it's on in the SEC. Speaking of the SEC, uh, fabulous game on Saturday night, LSU and Texas. First and foremost, it was great to see football fully, fully back in Texas Stadium, 100,000 in 100-degree weather at night with all the pageantry that goes with Texas football and, of course, LSU. Uh, th- these aren't the same old Tigers anymore, are they, AP? John, I was really impressed with the quarterback play. Joe Burrow came down from Athens, Ohio, Ohio State, and he yep. is now the lifeblood of that team at the quarterback position. I think he had he had plus 400 yards. He was hitting his receivers downfield, challenging the defenders. And this LSU team, we always knew they had uh, tremendous talent at the wide receiver position, running back, offensive line, but they just were not very productive. Uh, but they have brought in the, the offensive coach, uh, Brady, I think it is. He, he was at Penn State at one time, John. And then with the Al Saints, Brady? I think that's his last name. Um, Al Brady? I forgot his, his first name. Uh, I forgot his first name. forgot the first name. Would it be Kyle but, Brady, the um, former tight end? Uh, no, no, not him. No. no, I think it was Joe Brady. I think that's his name. But anyway, he's okay, the passing right. game coordinator. Yeah, passing okay. game coordinator. And uh, Steve Ensminger makes the calls, the former LSU quarterback, longtime quarterback at LSU. Uh, but they they can score some points this season, I can tell you right now. They're going to be very tough. Um, what surprised me was that Texas scored 38 because LSU claims they have the best defensive backfield in the country. And giving up 38 points, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know. I know, that's true, uh, but Texas came to play their quarterback, Sam Ellinger, uh, basically was about as good as Joe Burrow, and sure uh, of course the yeah. take-home for me was that, you know, when LSU had the lead late in the game, uh, in contrast to former years, they they come out firing, uh, which led to the, the, the score to put the game away, and uh and in the past, they would have been running that ball, as we all know. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
early, often, <laughs> and late, and uh, that, that did yeah. not happen, and and they came away with the win because of it. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be fun to watch, but you make a good point uh, that yeah, they gave up a lot of points, and Sam Ellinger uh, lit it up pretty well himself. Yeah, what I'm thinking, John, and of course, uh, this is all with a relative to Alabama, LSU visits Tuscaloosa in November. If Texas was able to be so successful in the passing game, what do you think Tua will do in Tuscaloosa with his receivers? Exactly. Good point. Good point. Because Tua, Tua's in midseason form already based on uh, what he did in the first two games, right? Especially on Saturday against New Mexico. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So- uh, if, I, if I was LSU, I'm excited about that offense, but you got some things to do on defense, I feel. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And defense has always, always been their calling card. And that and receivers. It's, uh, unfortunately, in the past, the receivers have not uh, uh, become famous, <laughs> shall we say, or household names till they go to the NFL. <laughs> and then you kind of look back and right. say, geez. I don't remember him doing that at LSU, <laughs> you know, from <laughs> no. Odell Beckham Jr. on they, they and on and on. They, but suddenly yeah. I think that's about to change this year because the talent is still there, and now you have Joe Burrow uh, throwing to him. Yeah, he can deliver the ball um, in a timely fashion, and he's accurate, and it's down the field as well. He can challenge in defense. So uh, I'm excited for the LSU fans because they've yes. waited for a decade or so at least for, for this type of uh, prolific offense to go along oh, yeah. with the athleticism they've, they've recruited for years. Well, it's going to be fun, uh, no doubt about it. And back to your earlier mention, uh, Alabama will, will play LSU in Tuscaloosa in November, I'm guessing? Yes, yes, they sure will. And, um, you know, LSU, they'll have a good kicker, I think, as well. Because, you know, they had to replace yes. the, the fabulous transfer from Assumption College. and uh, But I think right they down. have a pretty good kicker on the team now as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Assumption's right down the road for me. And uh, so we, we, he, he got a lot of play up here, to say the least. And it's going to be awesome. Well, that could all, already be shaping up as the game of the year, LSU and Alabama in Tuscaloosa, like it has been a... Uh, at least once, maybe more than once in the past few years. So something to kind of keep in the back of our minds and circle our calendar because that'll be a fun one, no doubt about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, Um, well, AP, we still have a lot more college football to get to. And Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, we'll we'll talk about it after the break. After the break, indeed. But before we go to the break, uh, let me ask you if you found... $100 $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. <laughs> so why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why you can go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. We wouldn't be talking, telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best, so do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of fan that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. 
If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. So use promo code ALLROUND, A-L-L-R-O-U-N-D, to activate the offer. And that's promo code ALLROUND, A-L-L-R-O-U-N-D. And visit mybookie.ag today, where you play, you win, and you get paid. So now it's time for our break. And sticking around will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we, of course, were talking some Alabama and some LSU, 
in the previous segment. Uh, we had another SEC team in a big game, which of course was Texas A&M taking on defending national champion Clemson. And good game as well. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that one? I thought, uh, you, you know, it was about what we expect. You, you know, wasn't a blowout, put it that way. Uh, some, somewhat competitive and, uh, you know, generally entertaining in Clemson's first home game of the year. Yeah, I thought Texas A&M would bring it down to the wire, John, because I thought that they would be a better football team this year. Of course, it's on the road. You know, it wasn't like last year they played Clemson down in College Station. And I wasn't sure that Clemson's defensive line is going to be as good. I, they're probably not because right. you have three or four <laughs> players drafted in the first three rounds. How can you duplicate that even if you're Clemson or Alabama, a team like Alabama? It's difficult. So I just thought that last season when they played in College Station, the quarterback, Kellen Mond, uh, right. he threw some risky throws and he was successful, whereas this year it didn't work in his favor. And so I was... I think I was disappointed and they didn't challenge Clemson on the scoreboard. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, You know, I I think we're all hoping for something maybe a little closer, but Clemson, boy, they're, they're, uh, they're just a team on a roll. I mean, they've got themselves really something going. Not that I ever really expected Texas A&M to beat them in, uh, you know, in Death Valley, but, you know, last year, Texas A&M uh, just about beat them down in College Station, uh, but it That's wasn't right. to be, and, you know, with Jimbo Fisher as their coach, you know, you have to give him a chance, as he, you know, he knows his way around a big game, that's for sure. Yeah, he's been in that league and won a championship in, in that league, in the national championship, right. of course, of Florida State, so he knows how to win, it's just, he's in that early stages of moving that program to the top echelon. Um, but I just think they were primed to, to really have a tight ball game against Clemson. But Clemson's got those big receivers, John. They're, they're really impressive. They are very impressive. And obviously, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he's already a big thing, but I think he's also, we can now start calling him the next big thing, as in uh, <laughs> potential future number one pick in the NFL draft, although hard to believe it's two years away before he's eligible. And I'll tell you who else is just lighting it up, AP, is that running back, Travis Etienne. He's, in, he's incredible. Yes, he is. He's in the Heisman conversation yes, already. Is. So Yeah, yeah it's going to be difficult. And, they have two players on the same team, John. That's only... Uh, misfortune in that situation. That's a good point, right? That would divide the, the, the quote, Clemson ACC Southern vote, so to speak, or Mid-Atlantic, however you want to refer to it. Uh, but AP, um, we almost had a repeat of Appalachian State in the big house. Uh, I was out and about on Saturday, and, you know, suddenly uh, I hear that Army and Michigan are tied and Army is lining up for a game-winning field goal from about 50 yards. And uh, needless to say, I literally pulled over to the side of the road where I was able to tune in and, uh, and then watch the overtime, which was you know competitive. Michigan held on. But, wow. Again, it was like, you know, I remember where exactly I was for the Appalachian State upset, one of the biggest in college football history. And, you know, it was like... It almost happened again uh, against what is really turning out to be a 
excellent, solid, scary Army team. Yeah, John, I remember when that happened, and I spoke to some folks in the Big Ten, um, some reporters that cover the teams, and initially everyone was cheering the fact that Appalachian State won the ball game, but as the season progressed, the conference was regretful because it's reflective upon the competition. And so although you maybe you're Mich- your Ohio State or Michigan State, you're not cheering for the maize and blue, and if you, but if you don't beat them, it, it reflects on you that here's a team that lost to Appalachian State and you can't win. So it didn't uh, bring any uh, recognition to the conference, and it really kind of uh, upset a lot of people that they lost. Oh, absolutely. No, there, there, there's a ripple effect in these things, you know. Kind of reminds me of the NCAA tournament a little bit, AP, where, you know, when, when it's unfolding in front of you and happening, you're just loving the underdog uh, when they pull off these massive upsets, whether it's, you know, UMBC beating Virginia in the all-time upset or whatever it may be. There's some every year, Loyola, Chicago a couple years ago. and But then, you know, when the game's over and you've, witness sports history so to speak and then uh you know everybody loves the underdog and then all of a sudden you know you're you're getting ready for the next game and it's like uh let's just say you're not as excited because it's not the blue button in there it's the team that pulled the upset and and i just from my point of view since i grew up near penn state of course you know i'm already have october 19th circled on my calendar which will be penn state hosting michigan It'll be a whiteout. We don't have to think twice about that. And, you know, although I was loving what I was seeing on Saturday with Army on the verge of beating Michigan in a what would have been a massive upset, uh, in the same light, you know, I want both Michigan and Penn State to go into that game on October 19th undefeated. So it'll be like epic, shall we say, and the Big Ten game of the year, and, you, you know. With with Ohio State obviously having a say somewhere along the line too, but yeah, so it's just again, it's always a bit of a weird dynamic. Like I, I, everybody loves the upset and the underdog. Yet, had Michigan lost, I would have been thinking like, oh, that 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 takes a little bit off of the coming matchup with at Penn State on October nineteenth. So, I guess it all worked out because that matchup is still alive. Yeah, so I think it's best for the Big Ten Conference, really. Correct. Bingo. If Michigan won the ball game. It, I mean, when they have a chance to review the situation and all of a sudden it affects them, then yep. they're not too happy. AP, this is the world we live in. I literally, for maybe the first time, was cognizant of that. I was like, oh, boy. So if... Army beats Michigan, that taints Michigan, that taints the Big Ten. So now then, fast forward a few weeks, and if Penn State and Michigan go in to face each other undefeated and Penn State wins, then that win over Michigan will not mean as much, which could cost them down the road. <laughs> yeah, that's now how we yes, have to yes. think. That's exactly how I was thinking yeah, yeah. in overtime as the game's yeah, unfolding. Yeah. I'm thinking all that. Absolutely, yeah. That's discount. That win against Michigan would be discounted for Penn State. Oh, you beat a team who lost to Army. Big deal. And Army's Bingo. a good football team. Bingo. 
it's it's literally a new way of thinking. And although it's been unfolding here for the last couple of years under the college football playoff system, um, I, I can truly say that Saturday was the first time that I really kind of, as it was happening, was thinking it through. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like looking yeah. at the ramifications yeah. down the road for Penn State potentially. So again, it is. It's just a different world now. Um, but yeah, well, anyway, it's, uh, it's good to have college football season underway, uh, obviously as well as the NFL and AP something that really caught my eye because I happened to be watching when USC's quarterback JT Daniels, who started as a freshman last year, highly touted, went down with a knee injury. You knew it instantly. His season was over. And so they bring in a true freshman quarterback on Saturday night who just lit it up against Stanford. Incredible statistics, something, you know, to lead them to a solid, resounding victory. So I guess if one school can keep, you know, putting quarterbacks out there, you know, uh, a strong depth chart, shall we say, it, it would be USC given their history. But I don't think anybody was expecting that. Stanford, as we all know, is a serious quality team program. That might have been the biggest surprise of Saturday, I believe, John, from reviewing all the ball games. The 45 I, points, uh, and you you had um, you held Stanford to 20. Exactly. I totally agree with that, AP. I was, again, because I watched JT uh, get injured the previous week against Fresno State, so then I just happened to tune in on Saturday night and come across that and I was like oh my gosh because it felt like frankly USC season was over and uh, Clay Helton coach Clay Helton's job was in serious jeopardy and suddenly and and this true freshman just turns it all around with just an epic performance so uh, so it was a wow uh, it was a wow and spoke volumes for USC and, and give them credit because again beating Stanford is uh, no small issue that's for sure yeah, so it's not only the offense that succeeded, John, it's the defense as well. Right, right, exactly. Yes, Stanford, again, quality program, you know, and the defense stood tall as well, and uh, yeah, it was good stuff, you know. So often, uh, you, you know, it's easy to ignore being out here on the East Coast, you know, what's happening out west at 1030, midnight, whatever, Eastern time on the West Coast, but... Uh, the, the, this one got my attention at, at midnight on Saturday night, that's for sure. And uh, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our second segment together. Uh, still have a few more things to get to. And more, most specifically, I started off the show uh, like basically every show has been started off. Every sports show in America for the past week with Antonio Brown. And uh, definitely want to get your thoughts on the Antonio Brown saga, and we'll do that right after this break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? 
It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America Sports listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Denver Broncos at Oakland Raiders Monday night football game. The second of two tonight starts off with Raiders, Texans. 7 or so Eastern time, and then around 10 o'clock, we get the Raiders-Broncos. And, of course, like everything else these days, it goes back to Antonio Brown. I mean, suddenly the Raiders seem like a distant memory. I was in Foxborough last night at Gillette Stadium seeing signs and hearing Tom Brady's offering uh, A.B. to come live with him, literally, (laughs) at his house with his kids and family, literally. So it was all kinds of positive AB vibes uh, after a week like no other with him out in Oakland shooting his way out of town for the second time in eight months after shooting his way out of Pittsburgh last uh, at the end of last year. So bottom line, AP, what's suddenly lost in all this uh, is the effect on the Oakland Raiders. And what are we going to see tonight? I am fascinated because we have just been between hard knocks and all the crazy antics out there in Oakland of the past week or so. Uh, you know, uh, I am fascinated to see 
what the how the how the Raiders do tonight. They're at home, hosting a good team, the Broncos. Joe Flacco, by the way, and uh, and not to mention Von Miller. And suddenly, you know, there's no AB, obviously, and you know, there's you know a different team taking the field tonight than they thought they had as recently as when they went to bed on Friday night. So pretty crazy stuff, AP, but this is kind of the other side of the coin, and I'm fascinated to see how that unfolds tonight. Yeah, John, it'll be something to see those teams play tonight. And, of course, AB leaving the Raiders to go to the Patriots. I heard that across the country some of their fans were saying that maybe the Patriots will end up with uh, A.B., and, of course, everybody on radio was kind of dismissive, and that's what happened. It, was, it looked like it was a calculated move. I don't know how you felt, but I think it just looked like it was something that he orchestrated, and right. he wanted to get out of there. He was not, not happy, and for whatever reason, and him and Mike uh, Mike Mayock. And, Mayock. Uh, yeah, Mayock, he, they didn't get along, and so... He, maybe his agent got together and they said, "Let's let's do some of these outrageous things and get them to let us out of our contract." Well, it was obviously the national talk, but I'm telling you, when the Patriots signed him on Saturday evening, I got a text from a buddy in Florida, uh, like at the minute it happened, which was I think five nineteen p.m. on Saturday, and I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was stunned. I then went to an event full of Pennsylvania people. Uh, who, and it was all they wanted, it was all anybody wanted to talk about. Like, it was like the city of Boston, New England, shall we say, just came to a halt. It was that stunning <laughs> of news. Uh, it was just crazy stuff. And, uh, but yeah, you know, AP, you make such a good point because there's a part of me, I agree, because anybody who saw the video of him getting the news from Adam. Schefter, of all people, looking at his phone, A.B. this is, and he went running out into his backyard, no shirt on, Mr. Big Chest, running around, flapping his arms, like free as a bird, happier than happy. And, you know, it it just occurred to me, I just thought, you know, why couldn't he have just gone in and said to the Raiders, "Uh, I don't want to play for you anymore. I mean, it was orchestrated. When I saw that video, I said, aha. Obviously, this was orchestrated. To me, all he had to do was go into the Raiders and say, you know, I'm not happy here. I'm not going to play for you. Save yourself 29 million bucks and release me because I'm not playing for you. And that would have been that (laughs) rather than what we all saw and witnessed on a daily basis, which was one of the craziest things in NFL history. I I just don't have any trust in that type of player. Correct. I, I mean, I'd rather have, I mean, let's face it, the, the Patriots, they don't need the best receivers to win. They have a good plan. And they have one we of the best quarterbacks night, right? of all time. Yeah, we, so. we saw that. So why do I need him on my team? I, I mean, I'm not sure. If, I, I don't know if that's going to work out in the end for me. They had Randy Moss where they, they won every game, right? Didn't they win every game with Randy Moss when he came on the 17. team? They lost the Super Bowl the one game. 17-0, Brady set the t- all-time touchdown record, and Moss set the all-time receiving record in the final game of the season, night game at the New right. York Giants. We all know what happened uh, uh, three weeks later. <laughs> that was the yeah. end of that perfect season. Yeah. But yeah, Randy Moss took the town by storm. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, was he on the team just one year, John, Randy Moss? No, actually three years. years, but 
nothing matched that first year, which was just uh, epic. Uh, to put it mildly, yeah. that was. I've been a twenty-five-year season ticket holder, and that may have been the that was the most fun season ever. I mean, you know, every game yeah. was like. You know, as the season wound along, they're going for an undefeated season. It was just incredible. It was, you know, basically what I said back then, 2007, was, you know, I, I had a ringside seat to sports history. But it didn't turn out that way. And uh, But it doesn't take away from what was going on as it was unfolding throughout the regular season and the first and the two games in the playoffs before they lost in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, AP, uh, so we shall see. A.B. is uh, a member of the Patriots now. As we speak, I'm guessing he is with them as we speak. I'm sure they're not practicing after the night game last night, but he returns to his hometown of all places this Sunday to face the Dolphins, who lost 59-10. to (laughs) Their coach, of course, is Patriots defensive coordinator from last year, Brian Flores, so... But it's been their house of horrors down there in Miami for the Patriots, so... That should be an intriguing game. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of rebellion down there, too, in South Florida. Yes, I saw coach, that. So. Uh, yeah, he's I a no-nonsense I mean, guy. Yeah, obviously 59 points in an NFL game. The other team has 10. That's a rare occurrence for a 49-point margin. I mean, that's got to be a small percentage of games in the last 20 years that have had such a victory by the other team. Yeah, well, Lamar Jackson had five touchdown passes. I was watching that on NFL Red Zone, and uh, let's just say they were in the red zone a lot. <laughs> I think it was like, whatever, some ridiculous thing, 42 to nothing, you know, early in the second quarter. It was just insane to watch. So, uh, yeah, uh, to AP, it was something. And real quickly, we're down to a minute left, but Nick Saban had a little something to say about scheduling the other day, just to close it out with your expertise and coverage of Alabama. Yeah, John, it was funny. I was in the press room after for the, the conference, and uh, somebody asked about what do you learn from these games, and he just went off on the fact that, well, this is a team we have to schedule because no one else wants to play us. And I could attest to that fact because many years ago I was trying to break a story about the opening game, and when I called around the, the country to maybe 40, 50 teams, that's the information that I uh Came came to find because these teams, whether it was the head coach didn't have an appetite to play a team like the caliber of Alabama or the athletic director, it was just difficult to find someone to play the Tide. It was just that's the case. I mean, he was truthful about it, and of course, he challenged the reporter. You call, you try calling around the country. Now, if he asked me, I would have said, Coach, I already did. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect answer, AP. And uh, and on that note. Uh, we can conclude the show. Nick Saban, he, he, he always has some interesting press conferences from time to time. But, yeah, he, he, I, I saw that on TV, and, yeah, he, he was a little bit fired up. So not unusual. And, AP, I just want to call. thank you, as always, for calling in, and we appreciate your expertise on college football and beyond. Hey, thank you, John. My pleasure, as always. Wonderful. And, as always, Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.